This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God, Bible study time. 20 million movement, 20 million people right around the world who are all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. But before we get into the Bible study for today, we need to go to our quiz. We do indeed. In the world of the quiz, we in the world of quizzes lately, someone has answered it correctly. Congratulations to Gary in Renwick in New South Wales. He correctly guessed Eli. Well done, Gary. So, moving on to the next quiz for this morning. Okay, this is a what am I? Okay, so not a who, but a what am I? Solomon tested himself to find out what is good, but proved to be meaningless. So, Solomon tested himself with this to find what is good, but proved to be meaningless. Ooh, what do you think it is? I have no idea. If you think you know what it is, unlike Lyle here, if you think you know what it is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you're the first person with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of God Said It. But this time it is the Old Testament Heroes. Uh, so once again, uh, uh, this is the final book in the series, I believe. So we've done a number of, uh, of books from, from this series, and this is the final book in the series, I think. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a book by Bradley Booth, and the whole series is introducing children to the Bible. So get onto that if you think you know the answer. Okay, so our Bible study today is all about our experience, and really today and tomorrow's Bible studies, in fact, this whole week really focuses on the issue of you know, just how seriously do you take the Bible? Yeah. Uh, do we take it as, you know, good ideas? Yeah. Uh, do we take it as this would be a great way to live, or do we take this as a mandate from God, and that if we truly love God, uh, th- this is exactly what we will do? Indeed. Um, and really, this is where you know the issue of obedience comes in, and following the word of God comes in. Is that you know we don't obey to be saved, obviously, but because we are, yeah. And disobedience is purely a um, how should we put it a an evidence of our lack of salvation. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, before we get into our Bible study, quick reminder that this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30, Matt Parra and myself right here on Faith FM, small group interactive Bible study between 9.30 and 10.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time uh, here on Faith FM. Every Saturday morning during the coronavirus pandemic, we will be here to bring you an interactive live Bible study that you can be a part of. So make sure you tune in and join us on Saturday morning. So if you're listening to this on the delayed broadcast, then the only way to get this live is on the website or on the app. There's Faith FM Australia, the app. It's a white background with a red squiggly line or faithfm.com.au. Okay, so moving on with our Bible study, we go today to talk about experience. Let's go to Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. We're going to look at Romans 2 and verse 4. And experience is one of these things that is necessary it is vital to christianity christianity cannot exist without it and at the same time it can be a lethal trap yeah 
So we're going to look at the contrast between those two things. Okay, so we're going to start with positive first. So Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Okay, it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Okay, that's a great uh, passage. In fact, this is one of my um, favorite passages in relationship to repentance. Mm. So in my old translation, the Bible says, The goodness of God, it is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Now, what it reveals right here is that repentance is a gift. It's something that is given to us. It's not something that we conjure up within ourselves. It's not something that's automatically there. It is a gift from God. And what is it that brings that gift to us? Um, Our trust in God. Yeah. Do you... What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay, so if uh, if uh, well, I got to read it from my translation here. It says, "Let me read it from from uh, from uh, this translation." It says, "Or despise, or do you despise the riches of His goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance?" Okay, so um, the goodness of God, the goodness of God, yeah. exactly. Is the goodness God's of God's grace? That's exactly right. There we go. And where do we see that most clearly demonstrated? We see that in the Bible. Or yep. Do you mean a more specific? More specific. Uh, we see that in our. We, I like to think very broad. I don't. Oh, I'm not good at specifics. Uh, we see that <laughs> the greatest in, demonstration of the, the grace and love of God when when He s- sent His Son to be sacrificed for us. Exactly the cross. So the Bible begins by pointing us to the cross, but it doesn't stop at the cross because the goodness of God continues on from there. And this is one of the reasons why we have a section on Faith FM radio every morning, a positively different radio. What are you thankful for today? Because it gives us an opportunity to be thankful for the goodness of God because every single thing that we are thankful for is something that we have due to the goodness of God. Absolutely. And so when we remind ourselves continually of the goodness of God, of the blessings that are coming our way, it's one of the single most beneficial things that you can do for your mental health. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're suffering from depression, if you're suffering from, you know, anxiety, one of the, you know, something that's even more powerful than any kind of, you know, drug that's out there pretty much for a lot of people is simply sitting down and making a list every day of 10 things that they are thankful for and just making themselves rule. Oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not allowed to say the same thing twice. And you can be absolutely amazed at how many... Uh, things you can find in your world to be thankful for. I've been doing this now for, what, three years? Going on two and a half, three years? I can't remember how long we've been doing this for. And I haven't run out of things to be thankful for yet. I haven't repeated myself yet. Well, maybe I've repeated myself a few times. But I try not to repeat myself. Yeah. Well, the rule like, is, it's like the me rule this is morning. I'm not supposed to repeat myself. It's like me this morning. This morning I repeated myself, but it was for a different reason. Yeah, different angle. We took a different angle on it. Mm. Okay, so... We need to remember, we need to remind ourselves of the blessings that are around us and we need to remember that these blessings come from God because as we recognize all of these things, the Bible says that it leads us to repentance. So how does that take place? How does recognizing the goodness of God lead us to repentance? Well, by looking at the goodness, we see what he's done for us. We see the the path that he's led in our lives. We've seen, we can see how significant he is in not only our lives, but the world around us and the, everybody else around us. 
And so I guess we, we look into more about what, you know, what's this guy about? And we, we study and we learn and we read. And we realize that, that at the end of the day, there's only one answer. And that is God himself. And so we, we commit ourselves to him. We repent, ask for his forgiveness. And yeah, it's, it's sort of like a continual cycle of that. Yeah. Continually asking for forgiveness, not dwelling on the fact that you need to forgive, but certainly being aware that you're a sin, that everyone in this world is sinful and we always need to ask for his forgiveness. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and of course, one of the things I see happening here is a love response. Yeah. Because when God is pouring out blessings upon you and you actually recognize those blessings, most of the time we don't. Most of the time we just go through life and there are some good things that happen and some bad things that happen and we don't actually really stop and acknowledge the good things. Yeah. You know, we have a, a culture um, which does have a biblical basis, uh, no question about that, of thanking God for our food before we eat. Yeah. Within our culture we, talk, we, we, we call it saying grace. Yes. Um, blessing the or food. Blessing the food or pronouncing a blessing, whatever it might be. But that's only one small aspect of all of the good things that happen during a particular day. Yeah. And uh, um, as a result of that, you know, there is just so much more that we can be thankful for. But even, you know, and, and wouldn't it be amazing if we thank God for all of the good things, all of the blessings that we had that uh, sort of took place on a day-by-day basis. Let's go over to Titus uh, chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, because the Bible picks up this thought here and takes it a little further because this is really how we experience God in our lives. It is how he experiences goodness. And as we understand just how much he loves us, and I guess it's like any human relationship, when you understand how much somebody loves you, you want to love them in return. And when you want to love somebody in return, you want to do things that are going to make that person happy, that are going to bring them joy. And so... Uh, you will focus on doing those things that are pleasing to them, and that's what leads us to repentance because we're disappointed when we sin. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. Okay. But when God our Saviour revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so are we saved because we are particularly good? No, we're saved. Pardon me, we're saved not because of the things that we've done, but because well, it, it's we're saved because we ask God to save us, but we're saved because God saved us. Yeah, absolutely. And when we consider that you know God is the one who saved us, God is the one who um, through his power, through his grace, has brought us that salvation. Yeah. Then we should be thankful for that gift. Yeah. And we should, you know, a, a, a we, correct response of thankfulness is to do things. And this is why the Bible says we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Uh, you find that in First John chapter 4. Um, forgot the verse. But we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The reason we do those things that are pleasing in his sight is because, you know, that's, that's a love response to God. And if we are not doing things that are pleasing in his sight, 
that it means that we are ignoring the experience of God's blessings that he's giving to us on a day-by-day basis. We are ignoring what he's done for us on Calvary. And those things are not actually having an impact on our heart. They're not changing us. They're not converting us. They're not making us into a new person. They are not having that effect where we hate sin. Yeah. When you love sin... And sin has a hold on you, and then sin is just something's like, yeah, I can't wait to go there and to sin. Then you have lost your connection with God. You don't have a true connection with God. You've wandered far from God, and you're in deep trouble yep. at that particular point. Oh yeah. And so you know, it's it's that that leads us to uh, you know, it's 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 the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Okay, all right. The Bible says that we can experience or the the notes in the in the study and the Bible talks about different ways that we can experience the goodness of God, not just in the blessings that he gives to us day by day, but in the beauty of relationships, art and music, Everything the wonders of do. creation. One thing that I, I love this portion of when I was st- studying, I, I love this portion because it, it the, the art and music especially, because that is one thing that I, I see God through music. And that, like, obviously, because you're not very musically gifted, are you? So, no. I, you, you may see God in some ways. <laughs> I don't ways think there's any music. secret here on Faith FM. You, you may see God in some ways through music, but not through others. Sure. Not, not through the, the technicalities. Like, when you see the when I, I, can, I feel the empowerment that yeah. I, from music. And there's certain moments, not only when I listen to music, but when I play music, I just, there's, there's something that happens with, even if it's the simplest thing in the world, whether it's the simplest thing, and you just feel the emotion coming through, or it's the most complex thing that you've ever done, and you finish it, and you're just filled with emotion. I, there was this one performance I did when I was studying at, uh, at Avondale uh, University College now. Um, it was a couple years ago, and there was this performance that I did with the jazz ensemble. And when we were practicing it, I was struggling so much, so much. Um, but then when we got to the end of, when we got, finally got time to performing it, there was this one moment that the the particular style of we were doing jazz so it was very improvisational we did a lot of improvisation um on this so it was a lot of it was up to your own free will what you did there wasn't any specific uh, notation especially for me being the drummer percussion is very free will uh, very open for interpretation and when i sat down at that kit at the drum kit the opening the first sort of section it was very you know what we'd practiced and what we'd done but then it got towards the end and there were some complicated bits. But it wasn't that it was complicated. It was that I was confident and, yeah, I was just filled with emotion. When it finished, I just, I, we, I stood up and I went out to the back room and I was just like, wow, wow. Okay, so experience is something that is important to our relationship with God. We cannot have a true relationship with God unless we actually experience God for ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, experience in whatever way that may be. That's right. Experience, on the other hand, can be absolutely lethal. Yeah. And we're going to look at some examples of that. Yes. Uh, is there any examples off the top of your head where, that you can think of where uh, an example in the Bible of where their experience was lethal to them? Um, well, oh, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the stone tablets, the Ten Commandments, the people of Israel down below they 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 couldn't find a god they didn't know where a god was they didn't know what god was doing so they turned to a calf okay is that type yeah. of lethalness that you're talking about well it's definitely a lethal experience there's no question because that, that. Imme- that wasn't an immediate lethal thing 
that was a, a lethal thing that was yeah, that one's, a long yeah, that's a, It's an interesting tourist because one that's puzzling to me because you've got God up there on top of the mountain in the cloud and the cloud never went anywhere. The cloud was still giving them shade during the day and the cloud was still giving them um, heat at night. Yes. And so you would think that their experience would be like, hey, God is not God anywhere. God is still here. Um, we, can, we can see the, the physical evidence of God above us you know, day and night. Uh, and yet even with that experience of God, a very, very tangible experience of God, they still went into idolatry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very tragic story right there. What I'm looking, I guess what I'm looking for is an example of somebody who trusted their experience and what they could see, what their senses were telling them, over and above the Word of God. Judas. Okay. The one I'm looking for is, um, we, let's go over to 2 Corinthians. Okay, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. is an interesting one with Judas. Let's, let's, maybe, we should, maybe we should discuss Judas for a moment because Judas has an experience with Jesus Christ, uh, a very, very tangible experience. He, he is with Jesus for you know, three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. Yes. And uh, he then decides that you know Jesus needs to become Messiah, and so he's going to push the issue. And if he gets Jesus arrested, then Jesus is going to be forced to show his power. And uh, it goes rather badly for Judas. And suddenly he realizes that he has betrayed God and that Jesus is actually going to be executed. And uh, as a result, yeah, he ends up committing suicide. He does indeed. Okay, this is the classic one. And what is interesting about this particular passage is that it is, um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to read verse 1 to 3. It is the very first time that human beings are deceived. Yeah. And the very first time that human beings are deceived, they are deceived by their experience. And yes. this is the key issue that we need to learn from right here. So if you could read for us uh, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 1 to 3. I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me. For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Okay, so Paul is writing here, and he's writing, writing to the Corinthian church. By extension, he's writing to you and I. Yeah. And his concern is that we will be deceived in the same way that Eve was deceived. Mm. Okay, so how was it? How, would, how did Eve's experience, how was, how, was, how was what she was experiencing, how did that actually deceive her? She was... Or lead her into deception. Someone was telling her that she could get something better than what she had. Right. Something that the, the devil would came yep. as a Okay, second. so there's some words that are involved. There, there are. You know, right. What you, else was involved? Uh, there was a, a fruit. Yes. You know, a, a something sweet, something appealing. Something that looked pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so sight was involved. There was also the sense of, you know... She, at that point in the at this point in the story, they, you know, they're naked but not afraid. Sure, they 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 are essentially divine beings. Absolutely. So they 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 don't know what sin is. They don't know what they don't know what it is from experience. Yeah, from experience. Yeah, they know it from an intellectual perspective because obviously God explains to them what sin is because He's told them not to uh, eat of this particular tree. Yeah, but they haven't actually experienced it. No. 
So there's a number of things that sort of come to play right here. First of all, when Eve comes up to the tree, uh, Satan is in the tree, Satan is in the form of a serpent, and Satan is touching the tree, Satan is eating the fruit out of the tree, and so her experience tells her, and, she, and, and at this particular point she comes to rely on her experience. She looks at what, the, what Satan is doing, and Satan's like, you know, nothing's going to happen to you if you eat the fruit of this tree. You're yep. just going to become like me. You're going to, to learn what's, what, you know, what good and evil is. At the moment you don't know what good and evil is, but you will just learn that if you eat from this tree. And so she is having a very, very real experience at this particular point, and she bases her decision on that experience rather than on the Word of God. We're going to back and come back and talk more about this in just a moment. This is Philip Hanna and Abby Eaton. How deep, how wide The precious love of Jesus is for you For me, there'll always be enough No sin, no shame No storm could ever separate us from who gave his life for us I may not understand The mystery, the measure of your plan But I will give my all Yes, I will give my all to Now to
You're listening to Philippa Hannah and Abby Eaton with Now to Jesus. And before we went to that particular song break, we were talking about Eve. We're going to come back and talk about Eve right after the next clue for our quiz. We are indeed. So, so what am I? Is this is a what am I. Proverbs 21 verse 17. So if you've got your Bibles at home, this is a good. This is in the clue. Proverbs 21 verse 17 tells us. Stop, 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 stop. Is it this? Do you want me to finish the clue? No. That is it. That is <laughs> yes, that, I got it. That is I got it from the Bible correct. All right, so, uh, yes, now. Proverbs 21 verse 17 tells us that the person who loves this will become poor. Indeed, it does. So, if you think you know what this is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can give us a text, send us a text rather, at 0491-064-669. And if you're the first person to call in or text in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of God Said It, Old Testament Heroes book four in the Bradley Booth series, focusing on introducing children to the Bible. Okay, so here's an interesting thought. Yes. Okay, so this is the answer. Yes. Do you know what the marginal reference for that word is? No. This will this will bend your mind. The marginal reference. There you go. <laughs> ah, Liam, I got you in trouble now. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, let's go. Let's go back to what we were talking about this while is a um, Liam different just discussion. For devastated different. on the other side of the office here. Uh, a little bit of a it's little not, bit of a clue. It's not where my mind went. I thought I was. No, all, yeah, uh-huh. I thought I was all good in that area. But, uh-huh. but uh-huh. Um, now you've got a Bible verse. I've very, got very crystal uh, clear one. Got something um, I need to work on. Probably should uh, go and look that one up and read it. Okay, so that was a hint for all of you to go and read what that Bible verse is. Look up the marginal reference and tell Proverbs us. Proverbs 21, if, 17. If you've got a marginal, if you have a marginal reference for the word that we're looking for, um, extra points, extra bragging rights, if you can tell us what that is when you give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491 Quick reminder, do join us this Saturday morning. 9.30, 10.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time, small group, live, interactive Bible study discussion, Matt Parra and myself. Okay, so let's go back to the story of Eve. And what we're looking at here is experience versus the Word of God. Yes. And which one do we choose? Do we choose our experience or do we choose the Word of God as to what is a test of truth? And the really important point here is that we choose the Word of God Always when we have a conflict between the two. 
Yeah. And so if we look at the example of Eve, she has empirical evidence. God has said, don't touch this tree. Don't eat the fruit of this tree. If you do, you will die. She walks up to the tree. Uh, you find that there is a serpent in the tree. There is a snake in the tree. This snake is able to talk and to speak and to eat the fruit, and nothing is happening to the snake. And so now she's got this conflict in her mind. God said, don't eat it or you will die. The snake is eating it, and the snake is not dying. Therefore, she has hard evidence that God is wrong. Yes. Was God wrong? No. No. What happened when Eve ate it? Uh, she oh, it wasn't was it when Eve ate it or when Adam also ate it? Well, for Eve it was when she ate it. Okay, well when we for Adam it was when he ate it. When Eve ate it, she became naked to the world, and, subject, and I mean, well, she that, became subject to death. Yeah, I mean that physically and and um, metaphorically. Like she was physically she, she she became naked, but she was also aware of. Well, I don't. She she was also realized that sin had happened. Yeah, and or that well, she this, had this is this is the important point. Sin. When she ate the fruit, she came under uh, the reality of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She began to die from that point forward. Indeed. Just and like right now, you and I are beginning to, to die. Exactly. Although it's not we kind of start that when we're conceived. Indeed. Um, it's one of those things that, um, you know, is part of A life. sad reality of the sad world. sad reality of life. Okay, so she began to die from that particular point and then Adam ate it and he began to die from that particular point. Indeed. And... Uh, what God said was actually true, and the fact that we die here on this earth right now is a result of the fact that you know this is this is what God said: you, you, you wages of sin is death. Indeed, and it's as simple as that. Okay, so God said it; she did not believe it because she she perceived with her senses that God was wrong. Yeah. And because she disbelieved God and she trusted her senses, she ran into trouble. So a couple of other examples that um, I want to look at in the Bible um, as to people who trusted their senses. Let's talk about the antediluvian world for a moment. They had empirical evidence that what Noah was saying was wrong because they were very, very advanced scientists and they had the opportunity of studying the laws of nature and over a 1,600-year period they were able to see that the laws of nature were fixed. Yeah. Unchanging. It's the, the law of uniformity. And what is interesting today is that people who study the natural world will also once again fall into exactly the same mistake of saying this is empirical evidence, the laws of nature are fixed, and they are unchanging. And so we are in a, in a part of the history of our world where people are making exactly the same mistake. Yeah, and with God, the laws of nature are not fixed, and even with science, they are not fixed. We know this to be true, even though we always like, oh, you know, the laws of nature are fixed. And because they believed the laws of nature were fixed and that they were unchanging, they did not believe the word of God when God said there will be a flood 120 years from now. Well, as it got closer, you know, 60 years from now, 30 years from now, next year, next week, whatever it might be, they did not believe that because of what they could experience through their senses. Right. And they were lost because they trusted their experience over the Word of God. And this is the key thought right here. We can never bring our experience to the Word of God. We must always bring the Word of God to our experience. Absolutely. 
Okay, so let's look at a principle of this uh, over in the New Testament very quickly. Let's go to Acts chapter 5. And uh, we are going to find here a very important passage. So Acts, book of Acts chapter 5. And, ooh, what verse am I going to go to? I can't remember exactly where it is. I think it's down like around verse 17. No, it's not there. Verse 30, ooh, verse 32. You read for us Acts 5 and verse 32. Okay. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. Okay, so we've got many people in our world today who claim to have the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. And we can go and see things that these people do under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit according to their claim, right? Indeed. How do we know According to this verse, how do we know whether it is the Holy Spirit that is working through them or not? Can we judge that based on our experience, based on our senses? Well, it says that we are witnesses. Okay, yeah, 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 but there's more to it than that. Okay, so we're witnesses, so there's experience involved. It also Um, says that the Holy Spirit is also a witness. But who is the Holy Spirit given to? It is given uh, to us by God. Okay, so let me, let me read it from my translation. It might be a little bit simpler right here. Um, we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those that obey him. Yes. All right. So you see somebody who is doing something, and they say, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in me, and it is supernatural. Yes. Do we take that at face value simply because something supernatural takes place and they claim the Holy Spirit. No, not at all. Uh, The Bible says the Holy Spirit is given to those that obey him. The Bible says, Many have said unto me, Lord, Lord, um, haven't we done many miracles in your name and cast out demons and done lots of wonderful works? And Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So we know that there are going to be people throughout the world that are claiming to be doing supernatural things through the power of the Holy Spirit, but it is not the Holy Spirit. And the way that we can do that is by taking it to the Word of God, placing the Word of God over... um, our experience and what we can see the word of God is the final arbiter Merciful and mild.
team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Are drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879. Of the wicked. Blessed is the man who doesn't stand in the sinner's way or sit in the seat of the mocker. Blessed is the man.
to The Breakfast Show right here on Faith FM. I was about to read the next clue for the quiz, but just as we were about to come back on air, we got a phone call, and I think we might have our next winner. Oh, I think there is a winner right there, so let's go into straight into our uh, question of the day okay. and we'll see what Producer Shell comes back so, with in just a moment. Absolutely. So this question is in Romans 11.26, which I'll read in just a minute. In Romans 11.26, it says... All of Israel will be saved. And this person asking would like to ask you to explain. Yes, does that mean every single Jewish and Israelite person will be saved automatically, regardless of morality? He thought many would be lost. So uh, the verse in question, uh, Romans 11.26, says, "And uh, And so all Israel will be saved, as the Scripture says. The one who rescues will come from Jerusalem, and he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. Okay, so what about this passage here that says that all of Israel is going to be saved? Does that mean that salvation is based on DNA, or does it mean that salvation is based on morality? If salvation is based on DNA, then God is just randomly saving people because of the random chance that they happen to be born with certain uh, genes within them. Um, regardless of whether they want to be saved or not. The Bible says that morality is the st- you know salvation is based on morality and not on DNA and on, on accepting Jesus Christ and receiving his morality into your life. And so what we need to look at is okay well then how do we what, what do we do with this verse right here? Matthew chapter 21 verse 33 the Bible says Jesus says here another parable there was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. 
When the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers to receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants and beat one, killed one, stoned another. He sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same. Then last of all, he sent his son, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? Now, of course, the vine here is a symbol of the land of Israel. The vine dressers are the people of Israel, the Jews. The servants are the prophets, and the son is Jesus Christ. Well, they reply and said he will destroy those wicked men and lease his vineyard out to somebody else. And in verse 41, Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits thereof. And we need to find out, okay, where is this new kingdom that has received the promises and blessings of God? Now, those promises and blessings are found in the covenant in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, where it says, Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, you will be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. You will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And it was this promise that set the children of Israel, the Israelites, apart as God's church. But God says, okay, this promise is going to be taken from you and given to somebody else. And, of course, if you go over to Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, so he's quoting, obviously, from that same covenant there in Exodus, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a nation, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but have obtained mercy. And so here Peter identifies for us who this new kingdom is, who the new church is. The church used to be the Jewish people, and now the church is the Christian church. And the promises have been moved across to the Christian church. If you've got questions, then I'd love to answer your questions. Give us a call. And so Israel becomes a symbol in the New Testament of the Christian church. In Galatians 3 verse 29, the Bible says, If you are Christ's, if you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And this is the key to the answer right here. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's descendant. You are a, are a part of Israel. Okay, so if you are Christ and you are a part of Israel, you're going to be saved. Every single person who belongs to Christ will be saved and is an heir of the promised. And every single person who, who belongs to Jesus Christ in the Bible is counted as a part of being Israel. It is not literal Israel that will be saved. It is spiritual Israel, which includes people from both Israels that will be saved. This is uh, Jaden Levick with My Father's World. Yeah. 
of the spheres This is my father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks, of trees, of skies and seas His hand the wonders wrought This is my father's world Oh, and let me never forget That though the wrong seems often so strong God is the ruler, yeah This is my father's word Oh, the battle is not done Cause Jesus who died will be satisfied Back to the breakfast show. We have come time to the end of the show, unfortunately. It's been a good show, I think. Um, but being the end of the show, it means that we have a free gift to give away. And the gift for this, uh, for this morning that we are giving away is a book called They Knew Him by Anita Marshall. Uh, this is a story. This is like a, a serious, Anita's, you know, seriously in love with Jesus. She's been in love since her late teens. Um, and for over 55 years, she's loved reading about him and, and, you know, Really developing a relationship with him, and this this book here sort of goes into that detail about him. And yeah, it's it's a wonderful book. And if you'd like to know Jesus or listen and read about someone else's experience in knowing Jesus, and this is a wonderful book to get that. Now, if you would like to get this, all you need to do is either call us at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. First caller, first, first caller in uh, with. We'll be receiving this at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or sending us a text at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, and of course we do have our winner for the second quiz of the day, John Simmons. Congratulations from Morfitt Vale in South Australia. You had the answer correct, and the answer was a pleasure. Pleasure. And the other word for that is sport. sport. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't forget to join us on Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30 for the small group interactive Bible study that happens with Matt Parrott and myself. And don't forget as you go through this day to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and grow strong in Jesus. God be with you till we meet again. Securely fold you God be with you Till we meet
transcend majesty, manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who is God, Lord of eternity, dwells in humanity, kneels in humility, and washes our feet. FM, bringing you the peace and joy of Jesus Christ.
Oh.